warning that this podcast contains swearing and the use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. Or anyone who thinks a free period is where you get to bunk off school. Welcome to Smut Drop, a weekly roundup of the more eccentric side to sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Jackie Stagey. And I'm Miranda Kane. On this week's show, we're going to be minding the gaps as we discuss the orgasm gap in oral sex, chatting to Grace Campbell about the masturbation gap, and hearing what you said when we asked our fabulous listeners for their best wanking stories. I'm basically hoping that I'm not the only one who knocks one off in Watford Gap. <laughs> if you like what you hear, then please rate, review, or at least subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Miri, mm. are you ready? I'm about as ready as two princes princes who adore you because that's a spin doctor song right that's, I, I know yeah Grace go, go, I got where you go yeah let's just go ahead now okay Miri Jackie I've got some interesting weird news this oh week. okay yes right it's about um oral Sex. Oh, oral. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I'm like using my whole mouth. <laughs> oral. But we are talking about mouths. Yes. So I'm sort of on theme. Yeah, I was a bit worried you were going to say oral exams. <laughs> I'm so much better talking about oral sex than I am my French exam. So let's, yeah, this is cool. Okay, not a problem. Okay, so have you heard of DJ Khaled? Yes. Everybody knows who he is because he shouts his name at the top of every bloody song. <laughs> This was a while ago, but he spoke about how he never goes down on his wife, right? And there was a lot of outrage. You know, there's always outrage on Twitter. Yeah. A lot of outrage about how that was sexist and you don't care about, you know, your wife's pleasure. Yeah. But then I found this really interesting article that basically talked about how it's perfectly fine for men to not want to go down on women because it's boundaries. Okay. It's it's asserting boundaries, which I thought was interesting because... I actually think in the bedroom, I'm expecting you to do that. So if you don't, I'm thinking, hello. But yeah. it's the same way that like, I think a lot of men will expect you to give them a blowjob. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on this because if you're in that position, are you expecting a guy to go down on you? And if he doesn't, how are you feeling, babes? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, if I'm in that position, it's obligatory for the guy to go down on me. Like, <laughs> but it's it's quid pro quo, isn't it? Mm. See, here's the thing. With DJ Khaled, mm. he was saying that he was expecting his woman to go down on him and mm-hmm. treat him like a king. Right. But he wasn't going to go down on her. And that is where the outrage for me comes from. Yeah, sure. But with general outrage of just like, oh, are you going to go down? Of course you're allowed to have boundaries. Mm. Like, but, but am I going to go down on a guy for as long as I want a guy to go down on me? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to go down there till it hurts. Right. I, however, am not a Henry Hoover. So, <laughs> but how do you feel about it? And do you think that women are feeling a bit ashamed of, of having men go down on them? Well, I think that like... Genital shame Mm. is massive. I mean, genital shame is a massive industry in the first place. Everything from, you know, you're supposed to buy this product to make your vagina nice and clean and whatever, when we don't actually need to, a vagina cleans itself. Yes. Also, like I remember being in school when, you know, people making jokes about other girls in my school, you know, who had a fishy fanny or whatever. So there's always been that kind of... Yeah, shame and stigma. What 
I think the issue with us as women is, and it's not actually our fault, is we don't put our pleasure first. Yes. Right? That's where, it, that's where it, we're very much like, if he's, if you know, if he doesn't even initiate, yeah. although inside you're thinking like, oh, like you need to initiate. If they don't, yeah. you're a bit like, oh, okay. And you get on with it. You don't, you know what I mean? We don't challenge it yeah. as much. Whereas I've definitely been in situations where a guy doesn't even need to like say anything. He's sort of, you know, he's sort of, his head is sort of moving as if like, all right, are you, yeah. are you coming or what's going on? You come down here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so you just feel obliged. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like we don't put our pleasure first. Yeah. We put, you know, whoever we're with their pleasure first. I hate that for us. We talk a lot about orgasm gaps and masturbation gaps. And that's what the gap is. The gap is men are having more orgasms. They can masturbate a lot more than women. There's a part in the article, which I thought was interesting. Yes. Where this lady talks about masculinity and that men are socialized to be more of a taker and women are socialized to be more of a giver in relationships. So if women likely due to their own socialization don't ask for oral sex, it's easy for men to fall into the habit of, not offering it and don't do that right and a professor called says that you know one of the main reasons that men have a fear of giving oral sex is because of a skills deficit around their ability to provide and pleasure their partners which i don't know if i believe that you know oh wow do you know what do you know what guys if you're worried about your skills on oral sex why don't you like and subscribe a certain Smut Drop podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a review and we're going to get a guest in. Should we get a guest in? Let's get a guest in. To Let's teach guys how to perform oral sex. Oh, a thousand percent. Right. You didn't learn this in school, but you're going to learn today. Yes, guys, girls, gays, days, anyone. Come along, hop aboard the oral sex Smut Drop train. <laughs> <laughs> you two can mind the gap. Ladies and gentlemen, my right honourable colleagues, gays and theys, this week's guest is a comedian, writer, director and activist. You may recognise her from her work to end period poverty or from the football, feminism and everything in between podcast which she hosts with her dad, Alistair Campbell. But we've brought her into the smut drop den of iniquity because we love her Girls Wank 2 movement, which aims to destigmatize female masturbation. She's on a mission to squash the orgasm gap like a can of soup. It's Grace Campbell. Hi. It's great to be here. What's life like for Grace Campbell at the moment? How are things going? Things are fine. I was in LA towards the end of last year and then I came back just before Christmas because I hurt my knee. I really, really changed my life in a few ways in January and just like didn't drink, which I've never, ever, ever successfully done dry January. I stopped smoking. I've been going out way less. I've just been trying to like make this year a bit more healthy. So that's been my main focus and just writing a lot, doing lots of stand up and taking a break from men. Mm. (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah. I mean, speak on it, Grace. What do you mean taking a break? Because, yeah, you were in a relationship, weren't you? I think. I was. Yeah, but that ended. When I read your book, I think you were. Yes, I was in a relationship then. We broke up. Well, it was a it was a long breakup. We broke up sort of finally, like the, in the middle of 2021. But we were on and off for like a year before that. And then I just sort of was serial dating different people and didn't really know what I wanted, but was getting into all of these messy situations. And like, it was just, everything was just an extra layer of complicated, probably because I hadn't gotten over my relationship with my ex-boyfriend. And so 
when I got back from LA and then I, I sort of had another like end of a situation, I was like, okay, I really need to just have a break because this was my first big breakup. And actually it takes such a long time to get over, to properly get over and to learn from like the good and bad things of a relationship. Like I could have just easily gotten into another relationship basically, but then probably similar problems would have come up. I would have started to feel like, oh, what have I done? I can't just, you can't just replace someone with someone else basically. So I'm detoxing so that then I can work them back into my life. Do you know what? We love a self-aware babe. Like, you know, you don't want to be a repeat offender of the same mistake. So I think that's wonderful. I agree. I think, yeah, I really, I mean, look, I've, I have been a repeat offender a lot, but then I'm 27 now and I just suddenly was like, I've got to grow up a bit. Like I have got to make sure that the next relationship that I'm in, I'm doing everything I can to foolproof it from, you know, causing me stress. I don't want to, I just don't want any, any stress to be honest. How are you finding the time? Because you've got a lot on your plate at the moment. Is there really any time in your life for a relationship? Like, do you need one? My main thing is at the moment I'm writing, yeah, I'm writing a stand-up show and I'm working on a few scripted projects. Definitely always have time for men, I think. Like, in the same way, I always have time for a social life. But, like, only if they're going to add something right now. I, I don't have time for it to be hard work, No. But I say that and I didn't have time for it in the last like few years. And I would, you always, you always make time for it if you want it. But what I've just realised is that like, if I don't, I don't think I want a relationship right now. So then why would I be sort of stressing out about anyone who's stressing me out, basically? Does that make sense? Yeah. Total sense. Actually, when I was reading your book, the bit that really stood out to me, which I was like, oh my God, this, I did this, was um, when you talked about humping your teddy. Yeah, And I was like, wait, so there were other people humping their teddies? Because I honestly thought there was something wrong with me. And obviously in your book, you talk a lot about shame. That's kind of the running theme through the book. And I kind of just wanted you to kind of expand on shame and also, you know, we'll touch on female masturbation as well, because obviously you call yourself disgraceful, (laughs) even though you're not a disgrace. Oh, I love you. I think that that what you just said about like the teddy bear thing about like thinking that you're the only person in the world who did it and you thinking that probably there was something like inherently wrong with you that is shame like that's the definition mm. of shame like yeah I always say like a really bad hangover is actually like shame you know when you have that feeling when you're so hungover and you just hate yourself and you yes. like things pop into yeah. your head and you keep yeah. thinking of things you said and things you did and why do anxiety do yeah and you just hate yourself like that is shame like that's like somewhere in you telling you that you're a bad person basically and the book was all about like deconstructing some of those things masturbation being yeah like the earliest feeling of shame I ever had because like you I started wanking when I was really young And then no one mentioned it to me until I was like 22. So there was like a period from seven years old till I was 22 where I thought I'm the only one out of my friends who does this. (laughs) I moved on from teddies. Like I wasn't (laughs) still having teddies (laughs) in my 20s. Is that what spurred the Women Wank 2 campaign? Yeah, yeah. Because then I spoke to loads of my friends and everyone was like, oh yeah, I do that as well. And I was like... That's so weird that none of us have spoken to each other, but it's really odd because men men were talking about wanking throughout secondary school. I remember like 
you know, how like in our faces they were about how much they were wanking. But we didn't even know that we were all doing that. That's why I wanted to talk about that. And that's sort of why I wanted to write the book was for things like that. And the stats are quite interesting because we were looking at some stats from a womanizer survey that they did. And it was like something like 20,000 people in 17 different countries. And it said that 53.3% of them believe that male masturbation is normalized and is is fine, like throughout pop culture and everything. And nearly a third, 32.5%, said that female masturbation is tainted with shame and negativity. Why can't women masturbate on TV is my question. What is it in pop culture that that is stopping the normalisation of women wanking? Well, I think it just goes so far back. Like, for my first ever stand-up show, I used to do loads of material about, like, doctors back in the day who truly thought that women masturbating was really bad for women and had bad health connotations, bad psychological connotations. It was believed that if women masturbated, they were more likely to develop, like, mental health disorders and physical illnesses like uterine cancer so so it's always been something that women have been shamed for doing like women have been shamed for having like high sexualities something that I'm obsessed with is this idea that like men have higher sex drives than women I just don't believe that right I I don't believe that to be like a generalization that's just the aftermath of society basically forever saying that like men like to fuck and women are like much more coy and shy and don't masturbate and that's why there's this idea that men like to fuck more than women do but I don't I don't really in my personal experience that isn't true so I think it goes really far back Mm, yeah yeah totally and uh, actually you know what is more threatening to the male ego than a woman that can liberate herself sexually on her own terms. One thing I'm kind of interested in is obviously your family are very political and you know what you're talking about is amazing and it's groundbreaking and it's super super liberating. What empowered you to start talking on this? Because you could have easily just kind of maybe gone down the super political route because of your dad and your mom really but what kind of empowered you to start talking about female masturbation and and discussing the taboo topics around that? Um, I think I've always, since I was quite young, had like, I've been very lucky in that I've I've always felt I can just talk about whatever I want to. And in a way, like, I've always been someone with an element of shock factor. So I've always liked shocking people. I love making people uncomfortable. Like, my parents are coming to this stand-up show that I'm doing tomorrow and, like, there's going to be so many moments where people are going to think, I can't believe her parents are in the room and she's telling this story. But like, I quite love that because it's like, well, th- this is mm. the point. Like, I'm not really embarrassed about any of this. So I've always had that. And then, I, you know, my thing with masturbation, just to come back to that, is that if women masturbated more, their sex lives would be better. So, like, there is an obvious relationship between women who have a good relationship with themselves sexually and women who come every time they have sex and women who know what to communicate to their partners about how they can come and how, you know, they can enjoy sex more. You can't know how, like, you can orgasm unless you know how to do it yourself. I mean, it's just, like, basic. So that used to really just bother me. And I I remember, like, in my early 20s, I did have a few friends who, like, hadn't wanked hadn't ever had an orgasm, felt too scared to tell their boyfriends of years that they'd never come. And I was like, that is just not, that's not a world I want to live in. Like, what's the <laughs> point? It's, yeah. it's just like, why are we going through all of this if like not everyone's enjoying it? I suppose education's 
a massive part, right? Yeah. So, you know, during lockdown, I did this vulva course, which was amazing, which taught me about my vulva and, you know, the orgasm gap and the masturbation gap. Wow. It also empowered me to finally go and, you know, do my smear test. I think education is key. I think that, you know, how can we be empowered if we don't know how everything works down there? Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You don't, if you don't, you, you need to know and you need to learn. And, you know, there's also people not knowing the difference between the vulva and the vagina. And this is stuff that like, you're just not taught. Like if I didn't do that course, I wouldn't know myself. Yeah, I mean, I'm working on a project at the moment that's all about that. It's something like filmed. I did this poll on my Instagram not long ago and I was talking about condoms and... You know, I, I used to be someone who was really bad with condoms and only now, like in my late 20s, am I pretty good at using them. And so I asked my followers, like, how many of you use condoms with new partners? And like 6,000 people responded. 70% of them said no. They don't oh, wow. use condoms with new partners. No. And I was so shocked. Like I was truly, and I'm not judgmental. Like I'm actually not because it, like I just said, like I used to be so bad with condoms, but then I got STDs. Like that's what yeah, happens. Right. But I was just really shocked. I was shocked because like my following is around my age as well. Like they're kind of like, well, they're like 18 to, tw to 30. I was really shocked. And that's made me, I'm just, I'm working on something at the moment, which is kind of all about like, because I think that there's a lot of shame around even how to bring up the conversation about how to use condoms. It's the same as like, how do you say I didn't come? Yeah. We've been told that like, these are like shameful things. So it is an awkward conversation, whether or not you agree with that, obviously no one does, but it's awkward. I mean, I get that. Like, it's awkward to say to someone that you haven't been sleeping with very long, like that you didn't come because you don't want to like, you don't know them, you don't know how they're going to respond as a woman. It's a bit like, you know, it's just so you're in such vulnerable positions. So I want to sort of make all of these conversations a bit easier for people. Why aren't people using condoms, do you think? I, th I, I really think it's because of what I just said. I've spoken to a lot of people about it since then. And it's that thing of like, oh, but, you know, what if then we don't have one? And then I have to be like, okay, well, let's just do it anyway. Yeah. But is that shame or is that pressure? Those links, though, it's like the shame and pressure to basically say no. I think it's more you don't want to seem like a prude or like someone who's a bit frigid. So I think that is shame and that is pressure. I think that the conversation around like, oh, when do you even get it out? You know, like this is something that people my age ask me all the time. Like, when should you even mention when are we right. going to put on a condom? Right. Like, at what moment is that going to happen? I just think people are quite awkward inherently. And I don't know. I mean, I was completely shocked by it, but I also, like, I do totally get it. Because if you're not that confident sexually and you're in these situations, you're kind of just going to, like, go with the flow because you're scared that someone's going to, like, judge you or make you feel like you're, like, frigid or, like, bad at something. It's There's so much pressure in sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're already vulnerable anyway because you're naked. Yeah. For someone else. So it is that sort of, like... And the thing is, I guess sex can be, as much as it can be fun, it can be awkward. First time I saw sex was obviously on the telly. And I think that you never see the awkward aspect of sex, right? On telly, like that's not a thing. 
and even in porn, you don't, it's not it's never really awkward. We're not taught and we don't see enough of people being awkward around sex to know that that's actually a normal feeling. We don't see enough funny sex. Yeah, well, yeah, funny. <laughs> and it's all of those things. Yeah. It's funny, it's awkward, but you never, the kind of sex I was seeing on telly when I was growing up was all just like, it's literally like straight into it. Everyone's yeah. just getting into it. It's sexy. It's like. See, I would have said the opposite. I see people now putting on condoms in TV shows. Right. But I, because I thought when I first saw someone stop and put a condom on and it wasn't a thing, it wasn't an issue and I was like this is it this is what we need right. people normalising putting on condoms but I'm a bit older than you guys I'm like in my let's say late 30s and I grew up with the AIDS pandemic and with adverts right. on television like all these images of what HIV was doing to people and it was absolutely sewn into us mm. that you should always wear a condom and it doesn't matter it's not about getting pregnant it's about saving your life no, but I think that is it. We People our age don't, haven't lived with that fear and don't have that same jeopardy with it. So I really think that that is a part of it because if you're, say, having, like, heterosexual sex, as a woman, I've historically been more worried about getting pregnant. Whereas, like, I, di I don't think I was taught nearly enough about STDs at school to understand, like, even what they were. Like, they felt quite far away from me and they felt like, oh, it's fine, like, everyone gets chlamydia kind of thing. So, yeah, we, we didn't have the fear instilled in us, I don't think, enough. Grace, for people who are listening who are like, how do you even get started? Like, I want to masturbate, but what do I do? What kind of tips would you give for someone who... Wants to masturbate but doesn't know where to start. With a teddy. Yes, <laughs> with a teddy. How would you navigate doing that? So, I mean, I think I've, I've written like a how to start in my book as well. And it's very basic. Like my favourite sex toy or my favourite like vibrator is a hot octopus one. I always forget what it's called. I have to remember it in a minute. It's hot octopus. Hot octopus are a sex toy brand. Yeah, they're amazing. I always masturbate with lube. That makes it like instantly a lot a lot more pleasurable there's loads of great like ethical porn I I really like Erica Lust I know she has had some backlash but like I really like her I really like her films I would download some of her films watch them like light a candle make the lighting in your room really nice if you live with people like that they're not gonna walk in because that would just stress you out but make it a whole process it's like a really nice part of my day I, I also do this thing where I sometimes masturbate listening to music I've got like a playlist that always makes me really horny oh that's what's nice. your what's your tune what's your current tune anti Rihanna's album I is a great oh, I love it's that such album. a great like sexy yeah, album it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah lube get a good toy I always say to people like if you haven't masturbated before and you don't come straight away that's quite normal. There's also some really great like places online now that really teach you actually like how to. There's a website called Beducated, which I've done some work for. Oh, that's amazing. They're really cool. And they have and the, the tutorials aren't like it's not like porn. It's like it's just really explanatory of like what you can do and different types of like motions and stuff. It's good for the sort of younger generation that they have this these resources already. Mm. Um, because God, I think, you know, I would have felt so empowered about, you know, my sexual wellness at 18 if I had all this stuff there. But still, look, we're on the journey and that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First stop, Orgasm Street. <laughs> <laughs> Choo -choo! 
<laughs> Thank you so much, Grace Campbell, for climbing aboard our train and talking to us today. What are the plans? What have you got coming up this year? Um, this year I am doing lots of stand-up. Um, I've got a residency mm-hmm. at Bush Hall, which is in Shepherd's Bush. So I'll be doing a few shows there this year. And then I'm going to the Edinburgh Fringe to do a show for the whole of August. Amazing. So, yeah. What's the show called? Let our listeners know. The show is called A Show About Men. Oh, I love it. I love it. But the N is going to be really small, so it's going to look like it's called A Show About Me, but it's not. It's called A Show About Men. Oh, that's so cool. So I just have one quick question, though, uh, because you host the Football, Feminism and Everything in Between podcast with your dad. So who do you think has learnt the most? Do you think you've learnt the most about football or has he learnt the most about feminism? I've learned absolutely nothing about people. <laughs> I think that's the right equation. I think that's I exactly switch off. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely him though. He is like my greatest success story. Oh, like he he is really amazing at this stuff now. He's definitely like learned so much from me, and he'll say that. But he's so cute, like he yeah, he's a proper feminist. Oh Love well, that. say hello to him for us, and thank you so much for coming on. Adore you, yeah, Grace. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you if they want more information? Oh, Instagram, Disgrace Campbell. Absolutely adore Grace. Oh, wasn't she lovely? She was amazing. And you know what? I love that, you know, she's part of this conversation that we're now having the dialogue around female masturbation and just normalizing it. Yeah, I really love like the advice of just like, you know, just the more people it takes to talk about it, get leading figures or just anyone, get on your Instagram and talk about wanking and sex toys and anything like that. A hundred percent. Let's make masturbation mainstream. Yeah. Well, do you know, women. Do you know how we're going to make masturbation mainstream, Jackie? Go on. We're going to hear about masturbation from our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, we asked you lovely people to send in your stories about your weirdest wanks and we've picked out some of our favourites, haven't we, Mary? Oh, yes. I love this part. I was surprised because the inbox was flooded, literally flooded with stories from you guys. So thank you for sending these. This is a safe space. Mary. So this is from Mike. He says, hello, ladies. Not sure if this counts, but my Christmas present to myself this year was a laptop I could use solely for porn after one too many little accidents. It's just too easy to shut my normal laptop after a sesh rather than close all the windows properly. Uh, So that when you have a presentation the next day, your clients aren't immediately faced with your recent Pornhub searches. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Oh, bad, Mike. Pleased to say it's worked a treat, but it's possibly a bit too much positive reinforcement training for my brain because now I can get horny at just the sight of a crappy Chromebook. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done that? Have you ever like, I used to have a mate called John. Sorry, John. But every time like he'd go around to someone's house, you know, and if he was like, oh, let's watch a bit of Netflix, you would see him pale at the thought of having to open up his laptop. So we just had to say, it's all right, John, you can check if you were watching porn last night. There's private <laughs> browsers for a reason. Hello. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be a private browser, browsing What's your next one? What else is from our filthy fun bags? Oh, my God. Okay, so this one is next 
level. So this is from Sarah from London, mm. who's 29. Sarah says, this one is going to make you guys scream. <laughs> and it's mortifying. Because I still shiver and block this out when this particular memory arises. <laughs> I love it. This feels like therapy, Sarah. Don't worry. You can you can tell us and we'll tell the nation. Just get it out there. Let's do it. Safe space. Yeah. So Sarah said, when I was 16, I tended to use whatever was available to masturbate. Mm. And in my case, it was my little sister's Kendall. <laughs> that was just the right size. Oh, poor Ken. He hasn't know, even got any anatomy Ken. of his own. Oh, <laughs> Shoved straight into someone else's. All right, what straight did you do, poor Ken? She said, being wildly uneducated about how it all worked down there at that point, I would just sit on Ken and rock. <laughs> and uh, we all know how easily those Ken doll's heads popped off. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <gasps> well, mine did into the vagine. Oh. The problem was I could not get it out myself. Oh, no. I flipped completely out. Thoughts of it going into my uterus and damaging my internal organs. Again, (laughs) not properly educated. This panic was flying through my brain. So what did I do? I told my mum. Took a deep breath and said, Mum, I was masturbating with a Ken doll and the head came off inside me. Oh, my God. Right? The look on her face was a mixture of anger confusion, embarrassment, disappointment. But then she took me upstairs and attempted to get it out. (sighs) And then it gets worse. She couldn't get it out. Oh, no. No. So she asked my dad. Oh, no. No. Who then got his pliers. No. Dad never talked about it again. (laughs) Mum walked out of the room and she simply said, look, Come talk to me next time you want to do that. All right? Sarah ends this message with, hey, guys, at least I didn't end up in hospital. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, at what point do you think I this has gone a bit too far? When Ken is literally giving you heads or when your dad's pliers are coming out. Right. I would actually die. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed she didn't, at least out of tetanus. I mean, yeah, good grief. And also, I like the positivity at the end. At least I didn't end up in hospital. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could have been worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how much. Could have been an A&E. Yeah. Yeah, I know. To be fair, I'm just trying to be positive. But yeah, (laughs) that's a lot. Oh, my God. Here we go. We've got one from we've got one from Claire. Ah, oh, she says, Hiya horns. Hiya Claire. Hiya. <laughs> Hi Claire. After a night on the town, I brought a boy back to mine and we started getting jiggy with it. Ah yeah. At Woo! one point he asked if I had any toys he could use on me. As a single girl, natch. Boom, straight to the point. I vaguely pointed to a box underneath my bed and he picked one out. However, with this one, there would be about 10 seconds of good vibes, followed by silence, the sound of a string being pulled, followed by all the good vibes again. And she said none of this was familiar. So after a while, I looked down to see he was using one of my cat's toys on my pussy. (laughs) 
He was rubbing the nose of a toy mouse on my clit before pulling the string so it would vibrate again. It was my cat's favourite and therefore all chewed up to fuck, mangy and full of dust bunnies from being hidden under the bed for so long. I had to throw it and the boy out, which is sad for both my pussies. Oh. (laughs) I, I feel sad for both her pussies. I really do. That poor cat's without a toy. Yeah. I've loved this week's listener stories. It's just been hilarious and... Just a bit of fun. I love that you guys are so brutally honest with us. Yeah, we want more. We want more. So next week, we're going to be discussing sexy smells. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Have you got anything? I think for me, it's just the smell of like really good, like aftershave or perfume mixed with sweat, you know? And if there is someone walking past with a bit of CK1 or David off for boys on, then I'm like, it takes me back to being 16 and fucking rampant. Pink <laughs> Africa, all of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Not dupe though. There is a level. No one needs dupe in their life. No. <laughs> so, if you've got a sexy smell, if you've got something that weirdly turns you on or brings back that sexy memory, then write to us or drop us a voice note at smutdrop at metro.co.uk. Slide into our DMs. If you want to hear the ones we love, remember to subscribe right now. I've been Jackie Essie-Daisy. And I'm Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. And make sure to tell us how much you really, really bloody love us and leave us a review. And in the meantime, we are going to be back to prick up your ears next week. Next week.